0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network What a fantastic goal that is from Derby! Chance
1: for WDD yes His comments in!
2: Never in doubt, was it? Yes. Hello. Welcome along. Thanks for joining us on a tired, emotionally drained morning after lunchtime before on Steve Bloomer's Washing, the independent Derby County podcast. It was a soaking afternoon of blood and tears, despair, self-loathing, screaming, fearing the worst, before unconfined relief and now it's just my front room uh, but we did it we got over the line the rams survive just and this chaotic shambles of a season can be consigned to history with a happy ending that arrived with just minutes to spare uh, our sole focus in this episode of course then is that incredible day that final day roller coaster which saw derby draw 3-3 with Sheffield Wednesday, and avoid relegation by a single point. I'm Chris. Hello. Uh, Richard Cutchers here. We did it, mate. Derby live to fight another
3: day. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I'm accused often of stealing stuff from the Ramble, but Tom can apologize to Marcus on my behalf next week when I say, easy,
2: <laughs> easy. The funny bit is, is that it very much wasn't easy at all. <laughs> uh, Tom Martin's joined us as well. Tom... Tom, be honest, mate, you're actually ever so slightly gutted aren't you because you were genuinely excited for some of those league one away days we could have had next season weren't you be honest
0: I mean I'd, I'd resigned to the fact that Derby were going to do the Derby and managed to screw it up somehow even though we'd been in control of our destiny for the last what seven or eight games or so that we've decided to to lose and then finally draw yesterday and I was actually getting a bit excited when um, it looked like Cheltenham and Cambridge were going up I haven't been to those two grounds you've got Lincoln in there uh, Fleetwood is a good away day as well I'll go up to Blackpool for the weekend i mean it was looking great but instead i'll just go to qpr again it's absolutely fine absolutely fine
2: and pay 35 quid to sit behind a post on a tuesday night and watch us lose 2-0 again that's that's the magic of the championship that's what we're all about but look before we plow on uh just let you know of course that steve bloomers washing is partnered with our friends over at derby brewing company derby's original craft brewer but where to start with that well we've got your five word reviews Uh, Spoiler, quite a few of them involve drinking at lunchtime. Um, And we had a chat with one of the fans who celebrated Derby survival with the players after cheering on the boys from directly outside Pride Park Stadium. But of course, Derby County 3, Sheffield Wednesday 3. Boys, For the first seven minutes, we were safe. Then Rotherham scored. And for the next 40 minutes, we were down. Then we turned the game around, and for another 10 minutes, we were safe again. Then we went 3-2 down again, and for another 20 minutes, we were down. And then Cardiff equalized in the 89th minute of their game, saving our skins with about five minutes to go. I've always loved these final day showdowns and the As It Stands table as a neutral when it's never involved us, because we've never really been involved in this sort of stuff before. But, cut that 10 or 12-minute period at the end when... Kind of had equalized. We had six minutes to go plus injury time. We had to hang on. And one more Wednesday goal will have relegated us. It was it was absolutely horrible to watch, wasn't it? It
3: was. And as you say, we haven't really been involved in those such topsy turvy last day. I can't think of one really. I mean, we've been kind of, we've got into the playoffs very late in the season before. But in terms of relegation, there's nothing more extreme than that, particularly in our situation. And so I couldn't keep up really because obviously we had uh, text messages on our WhatsApp group. We're all watching it on different streams. And my now TV is always a little bit behind for some reason. So. I was trying to keep my phone away, but obviously wanted to engage with you guys and other friends who were messaging me. And it was particularly, and I think we've probably all seen on, on Twitter, like the clip of Jeff Stelling and Paul Merson and Clinton Morrison reacting to the events in Cardiff and Derby as, as that penalty was given, uh, Cardiff scored, and then the penalty was scored by Waghorn. That that kind of crazy, what, two-minute period, 30-second, two-minute period, kind of encapsulate the whole craziness of the whole of the whole afternoon. And it was it was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous to view, but... As soon as that final whistle went, it was just it was just relief. And I'm not surprised that we've seen such you know, such such boisterous celebrations from
2: fans and players. I think it's absolutely absolutely warranted. Tom, I don't know about you. Tell me in detail how you handled those last few minutes. I was trying to like Kutch, to keep up with with Twitter. I was trying to, you know, post a few thoughts on our Twitter, but I I just sort of gave up a two-two because too much was happening. And literally for the last 15 minutes, I was just like pacing around my living room, sweating profusely with like, my hands on my head, just walking around in circles, watching the game, pacing and sweating and pacing and sweating. And then when it was all over, I, 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 I'm not going to... It sounds melodramatic, but I just like, sank to my knees and just like, shouted louder than I've ever done before. Like, how, did you, how did you handle it? So
0: I think I was very similar, Chris. Um, it, actually, there was a photograph of me and you from the playoff semi-final against Fulham, where my hands were on my head... And you're standing next to me with your hands on your face. And I think actually, reflecting on it yesterday, the last 15 minutes, I sat on the sofa in uh, my Derby Brewing Co uh, jumper, hands on head barely even wanting to watch. The ball went into the box and I was like, someone just head it, someone kick it, do anything at all to get rid of the ball. I think I realized that my reaction to intense periods of stress and emotion are to put my hands on my head and look extremely drained and desperate and even more ghost-like than I normally do. So uh, yeah, very similar to yourself Chris and uh, thankfully we were able to do it and I was able to celebrate with a uh, the world's strongest beer as bought for me by our very own Richard Kutcher, a 50 50- 7.8% in order to, uh, to either drown sorrows, but thankfully it wasn't, to celebrate a, a great 3 3 draw to keep us up.
2: I mean, what, what, what better way to do it? I think that's what the players would have wanted. Um, a few <laughs> five word reviews from you guys' end, just so just tell us your thoughts about that afternoon in five words. Debs15 on Twitter said, Neighbours thought I'd hurt myself. Uh, Hillary Webster tweeted us to say, What just happened? A miracle. Uh, John Perkins came in with uh, driverless car avoids cliff edge. And uh, Christopher Green, he said, awful season. Thank you, Cardiff. Looking at the game itself, Kutch, such a bad first half. It was so, (laughs) such a tough watch, such an appalling game of football between two terrible sides with no confidence feeling the pressure of the occasion the conditions didn't really help it was like really wet in the first half we just couldn't put our foot on it couldn't string a pass together couldn't do the basics there was actually like a a 20 second period uh, shortly before Wednesday scored their first goal when we got a free kick about 40 yards out it was just floated aimlessly into nobody the Wednesday player tried to clear it missed it Westwood punched it up in the air. It fell to Max Bird. He just booted it aimlessly into the sky. And then a Wednesday player tried to control it and it went out for a throw-in. That just sort of summed up the, the woeful quality of how neither team really got to grips with the occasion in the first half at all. And the only thing that really happened, aside from the disallowed goal, was was Martin Waghorn almost killing himself when he, when he smashed into a post to to, to miss header at the back stick but it was important that he got up given what his contribution was in the second half it was important very
3: important we'll come on to i guess his contribution in more detail later but yeah, actually that that moment i thought i think you're right i think it was a very very poor first half from from both sides derby's set piece delivery from free kicks was very poor but the some of the corners nathan burn put in in those first 20 minutes were fantastic he was finding derby players every time and when waghorn almost killed himself came from an excellent flick on i think at the near post and and waggon almost getting on the end of it i I thought it was a goal. You know, I thought it was a guaranteed goal when he went flying into that back post and polaxed himself. But that him going down uh, for what? five minutes at least and there was another injury break at the other end of the pitch I think later or just before that that's what made us kind of 10 or 15 minutes behind the Cardiff game which actually it turned out to be extremely important I think it, I wouldn't be surprised I know that Waghorn was genuinely hurt but I wouldn't have been surprised if, if they had had some kind of plan to try and delay the game to some degree because it, it gives yourself a big advantage knowing in those last 10 minutes we just needed to hold on we didn't need to go for the for the winner it, it was a poor first half I thought there were signs there you know Roberts had a couple of nice uh uh, flash moments. I thought Waggon and CQR showed some ability to link up and hold the play, which which we did see more of in the second half. So it was a poor first half, and at, and that half time, Chris, one nil down. Obviously, I was I was already resigned to us getting relegated before the game and being one nil down at half time. I didn't really see any way back for us.
2: I mean, we're twenty third at half time, Tom. <laughs> so were you like the rest of us at, at half time? I know that the turnaround was quick in the second half to make it two one, but I thought we were definitely down twice. Where was your head at when the score changed throughout that game?
0: Yeah, as as you mentioned with the conditions, it was very difficult for, for teams to both teams to get used to them. And the the I played football myself and obviously being in London, weather conditions would be different uh, in the morning and it was like windy and wet and it really impacted the game we were playing. So I imagine the similar sort of thing that would have happened at Pride Park that afternoon. Yeah, and in terms of like where I was at halftime, when the goal went in, I was like this is just typical derby. Like it's been a nothing first half and then we've gone and conceded in the 49th minute of, of a half having having had that you you rarely have that amount of injury time and yeah the the resignation was certainly there because you don't see Derby then going and and tearing teams apart and then for the first seven minutes of the second half we did exactly that we we scored two great goals and that was probably the best sort of four or five minutes of the of the season those uh, scoring those two goals in terms of incisive good quality attacking play.
2: Yeah, uh, we don't want at all to, to single out figures in in, in that performance. Because look, we did what we had to. We we got the job done just. But old Fozzie, he's had a few shockers down the years, had a few good games as well. We've said before on this podcast that when he is playing well, he can offer something. But when he drops a stinker, he costs us points, he costs us goals, he costs us games. And those calamitous few minutes for him... Either side of, of of half time, when he, he flicks on that Wednesday throw in, and then played played their player on side for the first goal, and then just completely got his feet mixed up and, and gifted it to Callum Patterson for the second goal. When he's bad. He's awful, isn't he? And he and he, he had a stinker before he came off with a few minutes to go, Kutch.
3: Well, yeah, he's one of those players where it kind of uh, tragedy seems to follow him follow him around the pitch once it once it starts going wrong. And he had a hand in all three of the goals that we conceded. And I, I kind of echo what you say, Chris. Like I have a lot of time for Craig Forsyth. I I I don't like reading. People getting really personal and nasty, slagging him off on on Twitter. But he had one of those days at the worst possible time for us. And the way that that ball dropped off his foot straight into the path of the of the Sheffield Wednesday player and they scored was just it was so reminiscent of Richard Keogh in, in 2014. When he when I saw that happen again, like other times in the afternoon, I was convinced oh, it's not going to be our day. And this is a horrible parallel of seven years ago from another player who was involved in that in that incident. And it, what a horrible way for him to finish his career at Derby. But let's not dwell on it too much. Because we did turn it around. I thought Buchanan had an impact when he came on. He got in behind. He played a couple of nice one-twos down the side and and gave us some momentum going forward. And I think we have actually, although he has had his mistakes and his problems, and he is another teenager in the team, Lee Buchanan, I think we've missed a bit of his directness and drive going forward uh, in recent weeks. And So it was nice to see him play, play a relatively major part, I thought, in us getting back into it.
2: Yeah, was a game of firsts really, a, a couple of significant ones. The first time, Tom, we've actually scored three goals at home this season. Not ideal that we saved it for the last game of the season. And probably the first and last Derby County goal for, for Patrick Roberts as well. He, he took it really well and lovely little move. like a ball up to Waggy, lovely little chest layoff, couple of touches out of his feet and then he bends it really well, confidently beyond Westwood. You just sort of wonder if it had just got into those positions a bit more this season and, and taken his chance and got his shot off, if we could have created more chances and scored more goals. But as well as he took that goal... He could have made things a hell of a lot less stressful for everyone in that second half if he'd have taken the much easier chance when he was put through one-on-one, but he just ran it straight into uh, into Westwood's arms. A bit of an up and down few minutes for him, but he did score the goal that helped keep us up, I guess.
0: Yeah, I like Patrick Roberts. I think he's he's got plenty about him and there is like lots of potential there, but it feels like uh, he's he's not been around for a long, long time, but um, he feels like he's been on the periphery of things and a highly uh, promising star for quite a while and he hasn't quite made it yet. And he obviously had a, a, a poor loan spell, I think it was at Middlesbrough before he joined, joined us. And he's, he's done things which look good and then hasn't quite got the finishing touch and then thankfully yesterday he did get the finishing touch and all I can say is thank the Lord that we haven't got Kieran Westwood in goal because when he was at Coventry I thought he was a shocking goalkeeper and yesterday I definitely think for Waghorn's header his positioning for the cross was for me too too far across to the near post and he has to scramble across and Waghorn's header is a great header into the ground but he's nowhere near it and then for the for the second goal if you actually look at his positioning from behind the goal Westwood has no idea where his posts are and he's basically standing on the left-hand post. So it gives Roberts the entirety of the uh, the far side the goal to aim for and he does that brilliantly. And I thought Casin Richards, Waghorn in particular, and Roberts all linked up quite well yesterday. And it was actually quite a promising sort of forward display at times from the three of them. And thankfully, as I say, Roberts was able to, to pick out, not even the top corner, but like the middle of the goal, thanks to Westwood's poor positioning. And it really put us in the driving seat where I thought, hopefully we could push on. But also that classic uh, thing of, oh, we scored too early and we've left ourselves with too long to defend, uh, which obviously was, of course, the case.
2: Well, let's talk about Martin Waghorn, Kutch. We have given him a lot of stick this season. Great guy. He's been at the club a while and... I'll be honest, when he when he ran up to take that penalty, I had no idea what was going to happen. But he, he showed enormous composure, huge responsibility from him to slot that away. Let's think about this. Think about the occasion. Think about his personal goal record this season, which is terrible. He scored, what, three goals this season? And his own personal penalty record in the past couple of years, because I'm sure he missed at least two or three last season. As I said, we've given him pelters this year. He'd admit himself that he just has not been good enough. But two goals and an assist... Against Wednesday, he really stepped up when we needed him most, didn't he?
3: He did, yeah, and he deservedly man the match for the two goals and the assists, and also he played the ball in, didn't he, for Juvek, which won won the penalty. I'm I'm pretty sure. So he was he was really in the thick of it ever since the moment he almost, you know, as I said, polaxed himself at the start of the match, and I thought. He actually was involved in the game so much this season. Our uh, Forward players, whether they're out wide or up, up, right up top, haven't been involved enough in kind of the play and helping to build up the play. And that's been part of the major problems. But I thought he was kind of in the thick of it. He was linking players I mentioned earlier. And I know that Rooney called him out for one particular training day when he thought he was misbehaving. But Wacom's well, the kind of person that you just know that the effort is there, the desire is there, the motivation is there. Like You don't think that he's someone that struggles to kind of be motivated and I think both Wayne Rooney and Martin Waghorn in, in different post-match interviews yesterday both referenced the fact that they were actually quite good mates when Rooney was on the playing staff and I think the the, the inference was that Waghorn and Rooney had found the transition to Rooney really becoming a manager hard in that relationship and they had some some hard moments and, and they've obviously both come through for each other at the end. Rooney put his trust in Waghorn on the day to play and make an impact. Impact And Waghorn made that impact. So that's a positive. And it just kind of goes to show that we, outside the club, we just never know what's really going on um, behind the scenes. And that's not to make excuses for anyone because they both obviously should have managed that relationship better. And that's probably more on Wayne Rooney than it Waghorn. But he put in a hell of a performance yesterday. A lot of players... Stood up yesterday. You'd probably say all of them really stood up and be counted. Obviously, Craig Forsyth had his errors, but I thought Nathan Byrne was fantastic as well. I thought he had a really good game. I thought Shitty and Knight both did a good job in that, in that midfield to keep things relatively tight. So yeah, well done to Martin Waghorn. I think a, a nice way for him to to finish his season and potentially finish uh, his t- t- stay at Derby County.
2: Yeah, a good way to bow out, is fair to say, and <laughs> absolutely loved it when he was like sort of organising the the, the defence with ten minutes to go from the as a substitute from the from the byline, and you could tell it really it did mean a lot to him regardless of how he's performed this season. The guy looks on on the verge of tears on, on full time. It's it really emotional to see. But you talked about players who stepped up there. Come on. Big Curtis Davis. What what a man. Absolutely phenomenal. He played a crucial ten minutes at the end of that game as Derby battened down the hatches to, to see out that 3-3. Three, three. It, it's the first time he kicks a ball in five months since getting injured against Brentford on December the ninth. And he'd reportedly signed a waiver agreeing not to hold Derby County responsible if he aggravated any injuries. And he went against medical advice to get himself out there. Like, absolutely incredible. It just reminded me of like a, sort of like a faded action hero or something, you know, who's been told to like retire. Like the doctors are saying to him, Curtis, you're not ready. Like one more game could finish you for good. And Curtis is like, one more game it is. Before like, you know, snapping his crutches over his knee and pushing the physio table (laughs) over and pulling on his Derby shirt and running out there like Tom, what a story it was absolutely amazing to see him out there and see him get us over the line
0: yeah it's, you almost describe him like the incredible Hulk there in your uh, description and he he did come on and he he organised that defence um, and he gave a bit more sort of solidity to the defence in those last 10 minutes it was great to see us actually win a header and then actually the header to go forward rather than up in the air uh, which I think it did two or three times in those last 10 minutes where I don't think it did uh, at any point previous in the previous 80 the sort of mental stature and the physical stature of the man are, are fantastic fantastic and if he leaves this season and doesn't sign a new contract or he doesn't get involved in the coaching staff or anything like that for me he'll go down as like a, a a complete hero at Derby County over the last few years just because of his mentality and his approach to the game and I absolutely have every respect and admiration for him he's had a, a fantastic career and I really hope it doesn't finish here yeah
3: you know, n- none of us knew at all that he was potentially even available you know he wasn't even really training by the sounds of it certainly not training with a team but it goes to show like how valuable would he have been if we just had him for the last six matches of of the season? Like, you know, if you feel like the way we didn't deal with Jukovic for for Birmingham City, what kind of an impact would Curtis Davis have had in a a game like that if he had been available? It would have been possibly a game changer. Curtis Davis could have been the difference between us getting a couple of extra points in the last five games where we we threw away leads compared to where we were yesterday. So he's an incredible servant to the club. Obviously, we had him on the pod a few years ago and he's a real gentleman and he's been a bit like Martin Waggon. He's been with Derby both at the top end of the division and the bottom end and i think just my last comment on martin Waghorn, i meant to say before is you remember that when we were when we won at leeds at ellen road in the playoff semi-finals, martin Waghorn was injured for that day and he was he was with the fans that day and he only played a bit part controversially in the playoff final so he kind of missed out on particularly at least one of those days completely as a as a player being able to contribute something to the team and so it was really nice that he was able to kind of actually contribute to, to such a big day for derby county
1: Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul pesky Solidar.
2: Hi, I'm Curtis
1: Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Here is Macken. Good ball from him. Mears has charged forward into the Leeds penalty area. Tyrone Mears to make it 2-0, and Mears has scored! He doubles the advantage. Macken was involved in the move. He played the pass into Mears, who had advanced from defence. It trickled in, but they all count. Well done, Ty. It's 2-0 to the Rams.
2: So yeah, there were amazing scenes, weren't there, before and after the game? When uh, outside Pride Park, when dozens of Derby fans uh, turned up outside the stadium to welcome the boys with that giant, amazing banner, spur them on, motivate them to 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 get us over the line for that one final game. And then after the game, the players. We'll celebrating with them outside the North Stand as well. But uh, season ticket holder Jimmy Gregory was, uh, was one of them from the Club 84 supporters group. We had a chat with him after the game to tell us what it was like. So, Jimmy, it was... Dramatic enough for us watching at home, but you were one of a number of fans who made it down to Pride Park on the final day to see it all unfold and give your support to the boys. Uh, what what was it like on the final whistle when it, when it finally happened and you got the news that Derby had miraculously avoided relegation?
1: It was... An outpouring of joy and relief that I didn't expect. Most of us following it on Twitter, we tried watching it, but the stream was so far behind. We'd heard things in the ground before we'd seen what was going on. We also actually got caught out by uh, Kazin Rich's disallowed goal where we, we went mental celebrating. Then someone went, oh, it's disallowed. So final whistle, it was just a lot of people scrolling their phones repeatedly, going on Twitter, trying to check. And then someone just shouted, it's over, and then, It was chaos. There was like beer cans flying up all over the place. People jumping into each other. A fair few people fell over. It was one of those, I I screamed as loud as I could and tried to scream louder. And I I couldn't, it was, it was quite a blur to be honest. It was exactly what you picture from a proper football celebration.
2: Yeah, just an outpouring of relief and an outpouring of emotion really. Because as we were saying before, this is the first time the players... And the fans had, had it what's the first time that many people had been down to Pride Park in those sorts of numbers for any sort of occasion. But you, you, I know you're part of the uh, Club 84 like supporters movement. Um, and you've, you've talked about different ideas about generating support in the past. But you, is it fair to say you originally went down there basically just to to, to spur the boys on, right? Just to, to make sure that they knew that um, how much it meant to us and that we we're all behind them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is it's hard to tell how much teams have missed fans because of course everyone's had the same issues but you do sort of feel like maybe we'd have been five six points better off had we had the fans in because they seemed to thrive on it there was players coming out even before the match who you wouldn't expect to normally sort of gee the fans up like you never see Tom Lawrence necessarily doing that much he was out there sort of showing a bit of passion even beforehand and it seemed to be just having fans back suddenly spurred them on them on that extra bit because I mean as the last time we scored three goals, maybe. maybe that helped. I'd like to think that it was a big help and that the players did respond to it. And according to what Rooney said, I don't know whether it was before the match or half-time, but apparently he was showing players the banner outside, um, which was done by two of our lads, uh, and pictures of the fans and everything. And uh, Jamie T's poem, he played them that. So if, if that's the effect fans can have on a team, then that's only positive going forward.
2: You, you mentioned as well that when you were down there,
1: before the game, you
2: happened to end up having a bit of a chat with, with with Mel, with Mel Morris. What happened there? Tell us about that.
1: It was maybe about an hour before kickoff, and things had sort of calmed down from when the players arrived. And We, we were just stood outside, just chatting, and I suddenly felt a tap on my arm, and I've looked to my left, and Mel is stood right next to me, and I was like, oh bloody um, hell. he came down. He didn't speak to everyone. He just spoke to sort of maybe... 10 of us who were congregated there. It was up by, um, underneath the big screen in the northwest corner. So we were, just sort of outside the backyard, we were just sort of all stood around there. Um, and he's come up and he, he just said he wanted to apologise for this season and how it had gone, which was decent of him. I think, I mean, I've had my critics in Mel, but that's fair enough. I thought that, 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 took some, that took some balls, really, to come out in front of all those fans. Um, he said, sorry for how it had gone. He said that he, I, in an ideal world, teams like Derby and Sheffield Wednesday would never be threatened relegation because they're big clubs. He said, you know, obviously one of them has to go down today and he hopes it's Sheffield Wednesday, but it's not nice seeing them there either. And then he thanked us all for the support we'd shown that morning and just generally, and we all said we'll still be here next season regardless of what state the club's in. I think a lot of us were, a lot of us were sort of toying with the idea of going, what's really going on? But none of us actually did. It didn't seem like the right time. But that was that was mainly what Mel said. It was only a brief thing, but he was just thanking us and then saying sorry. Really, it was at least a slight appreciation of the fans, which feels like it's been missing quite a lot
2: during the game. Then, obviously, a completely mental bonkers six you know six goal thriller. How was it for you outside the game? Like, how were you actually following it? Because you said before that uh, you know you're getting bits, you're hearing things happen inside the ground could you find a telly we're listening on the radio or was it just literally how are you celebrating the goals how are you oh,
1: in the first off some people had um i don't know it was either rams tv or sky they had it on their phones so watching it on there but then we discovered that you know people getting goal alerts on their phones and you know it was three or four minutes before it turned up on the phone on, on the screen so we just, we just gave up the idea entirely so it's usually a case of people just shouting when something had happened, everyone was sort of refreshing their phones and following the Cardiff Rotherham game. And that was actually the worst bit, <laughs> the Cardiff Rotherham game. I thought they were joking when they scored after what, three or four minutes? I don't know the exact time, but it felt very quick. And we were just like, sure, oh, bloody hell, it's going to go that way. And then at half time, there were people stood there almost crying because Rotherham winning, we just conceded. And then it was, I think someone had the radio on in their ear, I think. So we all went mental when Rotherham equalised, uh, sorry, when Cardiff equalised. So We were celebrating that, and we didn't know that Derby had a penalty. No one had mentioned that we had a penalty. I think I think they were five live or something. So we had no idea. We were just celebrating that, and then someone shouted, "Wagon scored!" So everyone suddenly gets their phones out, starts refreshing it, and then and then it was pandemonium after that. I think I lost my hat, and someone lost their keys, and people falling over. That was great, but it was just. It, it was a bit like being back in the stands again. People just checking their phones and one person shouts some news from somewhere and it spread. It did feel almost like like normal, a normal sort of last day of the season.
2: And then after it finished, of course, um, lots of pictures floating around of hilarious scenes of um, basically the whole first team squad coming out and just celebrating with with the fans like Sibley and Saley and Martin Michael and getting stuck in, having a couple of beers, Look, we, you know, we talked about before how maybe it's not the biggest cause of celebration, but it's, it's an outpouring of relief. It's an outpouring of emotion and a, a reconnection between the players and, and the fans, some of whom may not be here much longer. So I think it's entirely justified, really. But talk us through that then and, and how that all came about.
1: We'd, we'd been underneath that North Stand bit for the entire game. Uh, there was maybe about 60 of us for the entire match. And before and after the numbers increased. And then we went back to the little barricade bit on the edge of the car park, just waiting for the players to come out. So we were sort of trying to... What we didn't expect is that uh, Martin Waghorn and, and Tom Lawrence had run out, beer in hand, and start start shouting, screaming, starting the bounce. And then Jason Knight running as fast as he could to jump over the barricades into the fans, and the whole team coming out, bouncing. And it it was it was almost like a mini pitch invasion, really. It took one person to go, and then. Everyone, all, maybe 200 people, just jumping on the team. And that's where you get the pictures from Sibley from. And that first time really did feel close to the club again. Because I know a lot of people, including myself, felt a long way away. Regardless of how the club's doing, that would just be because of the pandemic. We haven't been able to be there. But all of a sudden, it was sort of players and fans as one. And all the way till, I was, I was there, I think about half five. And there were people waiting outside, shaking players' hands, clapping them. They got Kazim, started to bounce while he was halfway in into his car.
2: It looks uh, like when I saw that video of, of, uh, of CKR starting to bounce, he wasn't entirely sure what the bounce was. It looked like he had yeah. to have it explained to him.
1: Yeah, he had no idea. I heard him. I was just <laughs> really on of the car and he was like, what do I do? And someone, someone just said bounce. So then he's done the arm thing and jumped and everyone's got mental over it. It, it, it. From that point of view, it was maybe a bit over the top when you look back at it, but it was just such a huge relief and a nice excuse to have something to celebrate, even though it's been a horrible season and staying up like this shouldn't necessarily be much to celebrate for a club like us. But it was just the first thing we've had to celebrate about the first good thing that's really happened this season. So I think that's maybe what it was, a a mixture of fans being able to come together again and having something to shout about. That sounded
2: absolutely amazing. Genuinely jealous of (laughs) those scenes being involved with the, uh, the the scenes of relief and outpouring of emotion. And as we said there, I think a lot of people have said Derby shouldn't be celebrating like that, and, and it's a bit classless or whatever. But you've got to remember, firstly, it's more relief than anything else. It's relief that we've avoided the enormous financial and long-term implications of dropping down a division, losing at least £10 million in revenue. And it's also, it's that reconnection. These players haven't seen these fans in 14 months. These fans haven't seen these players in 14 months. I don't judge or have anything against anyone involved in that, apart from maybe minor qualms about the social distancing, but whatever. But it was, I have, I'm not bothered about it at all. And a few, fi- a few more five-word reviews then off the back of the game against Wednesday. Uh, Christopher Hill, he tweeted us, weight off my shoulders. Uh, Ed just said, booze, 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 booze. Um, Not wrong with that. Ben Wright tweeted us. He said, elated today, terrified of tomorrow. Uh, Ben Smith, he uh, got in touch. He said, relieved yet still so angry. Andy Northedge, he got in touch. He said, an opportunity to reset and improve. And uh, David Henshaw, he said, more emotional than the playoffs. Let's, Let's take the emotion out of it and just think about the season as a whole. Briefly, we are going to do a season review podcast where we're going to talk about the whole campaign. We're going to really stomach, take one for the team on that one. But let's take a minute away from the euphoria and talk realistically here, Tom. We have been, without a doubt, one of the luckiest championship sides in recent years to not get relegated. 44 points. Uh, we stayed up because of Wednesday's point deduction we stayed up because another team bailed us out in the 89th minute we stayed up because one of the teams below us had to play about 10 games in 3 weeks we stayed up with the lowest goals total in the league it's it's been this isn't a great escape it's been absolutely a season to forget but how concerned are you that this the ending to this season could roll over into next season because it was still one win in what 15 games
0: yeah I think it was Ben Smith who used the word angry in those five word reviews um, that you just read out Chris and I totally agree with that and I don't want to go into detail on it because we'll reflect on the whole season as a whole next week and um and I want to really focus on the sort of positives of the fact we have stayed up, but but it's totally right. And I'm I'm extremely concerned. The last thing that I would want to, to happen is the fact that we go through another awful season next year uh, and we get relegated next year because I actually think that going down to league one there may have been like a silver lining in the fact that we would have to get rid of some of those big earning players and we would have to like reset and try and bring in cheaper players from from somewhere and obviously on less wages and those players may well have helped us reset as a club and i think we would be going through maybe two or three years maybe longer of a reset something similar to like a sunderland for example but at the same time a club like whole city have managed to bounce back very quickly so you never know what's going to happen in the future and sometimes taking a step backwards allows you to take two or three steps forwards. We stayed in the championship. We need to get this ownership stuff sorted very quickly and we need to move forward. And I really hope that there's not a hangover from this. I think the, the club needs a big reset on and off the field.
2: The, the phrase that comes to mind is papering over the cracks. And that's what yesterday was, wasn't it? Big time.
3: Yeah, it was. And I, I agree with Tom to some degree, but what this does is it gives us, it gives us another chance to reset in the championship and it'd be much better to reset in the championship and and again we'll get into a lot more of this next weekend when we do a full season review pod and, and look more detail at the future but most of the high owners at the club are out of contract this season so then there's, there's a decision to be made and there is actually some financial benefit to to keeping them on the uh, wa- on the wage bill kind of conversely because there there might be some amortization benefits there but There's there's a lot of decisions to be made, which may have been fast tracked by getting relegated, but it would have been, I think it would have been more risky getting relegated. Things like administration were probably more likely. So I think it is important we stayed up. We've given ourselves one more year to get it right in the championship to then try and then build for the future. But whatever, as I said on BBC Radio Derby on Friday night, whatever happened yesterday, we were going to have to go for a two or three year. Transition period that, that hasn't changed, and there's some big big questions that need answering. But just just to go back to the emotion a little bit, Chris, I've got so much credit I want to give to the fans who are outside the stadium, not just for getting the players up for it and making a difference with the squad and for, with Wayne Rooney, but getting us up for it. Like we've said so many times over the last you know 18 months since the pandemic kicked in, and we haven't been at games that football's become it's become meaningless without fans there. And I, you know it's been it's been hard graft supporting derby during this time not just because we've been crap but because it's boring watching football like the champions league semi finals are the first apart from derby the first 90 minutes of matches i've watched this season because they've actually been top quality games even premier league games don't feel that exciting at the moment so i just want to say thank you to those fans for for reminding us all of what it's actually about and of course we're going to be excited and celebrate the fact that we stayed up in the last day of the season because it's been a flipping shit nine months at least, supporting Derby. So let us have that moment. Let us celebrate that moment. And, you know, it gives me a lot more encouragement and enthusiasm to go into next season. And, and next season is going to be tough. But the fact that we're going to have fans back in stadiums and hear those songs sang is enough for me to, to get back up for it.
0: It's often said that football is nothing without fans. And this season, without doubt, has proven that. And there's, there's going to be, a, I'm sure, a big change in football as a whole as a result of what's happened this season where the the lack of fan support and fan involvement has has really hit uh, on the quality and the enjoyment of people, uh, of, of football. And one thing that really struck me, going back to the celebrations that you um, were talking about earlier, Chris, there's a video doing the rounds of uh, Colin Kazim Richards as he goes into his car. The Derby fans are going, Kazim, start the bounce, Kazim, Kazim, start the bounce. And he's like, what? What do I do? Because he's never seen us do, do the bounce as we, we would do. Now, under the sort of like Lampard team, you'd be getting Nugent and yeah. Lampard and Mount or anyone like that to start the bounce and everyone would know and it would be a real sort of togetherness of fans and players. And Kazan Richards has become a cult hero at Derby in the last year because of his efforts and his desire to put himself about and the important goals he scored. And he had no clue what was happening. And that's what that's what's really... That's what I've really missed personally and what's really lacking. And why going back to one of your first questions, Chris, on this part is like, If we had gone down, the silver lining for me would have been like some great away days in places that we've not been to and an opportunity to go and visit new grounds and new towns around the country and support Derby County in those places. Um, It wouldn't have been very fun. I I get that and I didn't want us to go down, but that would have been the silver lining. And I'm I'm obviously delighted we're staying up, but as I say, the uh, £35 to sit behind a post at QPR on a Tuesday night isn't the most... uh, most appetising, but but we'll be there, and that's the most important thing for us.
2: Be honest, you love it, really. Come on, I know you do. You wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, just going, just one final point before we move on to to uh, so win, lose, or schnor, is that yeah, interesting that since uh, Jimmy told us that Mel apologised to the fans personally, the club have put out a pretty emotional, uh, like quite poignantly written statement on the website, not the usual um sort of cliched, unemotional detached sort of statement like quite quite a loaded uh, statement apologizing for how bad it's been and they acknowledge how terrible this season has been and there is I do believe there is that desire to turn it around but whether it happens is another matter uh look let's wrap it up in the only way we know how with this <laughs> win lose or schnorr time come on <laughs> you love that theme tune kutch it's it's growing on both of you i do i know it i do, I do. Uh, yeah. it's yeah. time for the quiz where uh tom has found five games i think from i think it's a final day special and kutch and i have to say whether those games were a derby win a derby loss or a derby snore uh so tom what have you got for us
0: Yeah, I absolutely do love that theme tune, Chris. And I absolutely have a, um, uh, hopefully some crackers of final day, win, lose or snore. And you're going to have to dig deep into your memories to recall the results of the following five games. So we'll start with number one. Uh, Derby County sealed promotion automatically in April 1996 in the penultimate game of the season, winning 2-1 against Crystal Palace. Uh, They then played West Brom away from home on the 5th of May 1996. But was it win, lose or snore for the Rams? Got it. Next. Oh, God. Tough one for Cuts there. <laughs> We're going to stay with West Bromwich Albion because on the 5th of May, 2019, Derby also played West Brom. Uh, but was it win, lose or snore on that
2: day for the Rams? Yeah, got it. Two out of two for Parsons.
0: I mean, it's a famous game. I know
3: who scored. and I just can't think if it was to make sure we got the victory or the draw we needed. The snore, don't you mean? Possibly
0: <laughs> good, okay. So, number three, Derby marched into the playoffs in 2007 under wee Billy Davis and played Leeds on the last day. But again, was it win, lose, or snore? Bloody hell,
3: yeah. I think Chris is going to get a whitewash
0: here. This is disappointing, Kutch, because I had a couple of cracking tiebreakers to uh to separate it's you, probably but, there, but <laughs> yeah, you probably were going back to 2012. The SBW boys travelled down to Portsmouth to see the Rams relegate them in a 2-1 win again on the Penelope weekend, with a curtain coming down on that season at home to Peterborough on April 28th. But again, was it win, lose or snore on that final game of the season?
2: Ooh, don't know that one, you know. Let's take a punt there. Very rare we won two games
0: in a row under Nigel Clough. That is true. And the final, final one... In 2017, by a bizarre coincidence, Derby's last two away games were against Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham. The trip to the Millers was on the May the 7th, 2017, and it saw Derby finish ninth at the end of the season. But was it win, lose, or snore?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've good chance I've got zero here. Excellent work, Cutch. I'm calling at least four out of five. A confident three. Maybe four, possibly five. Let's see. So
0: the first one that we had was uh, the 5th of May, 1996, West Brom away. Uh, Chris, what did you go for?
2: I went for lose. I'm pretty sure we lost 3-2. I went,
0: I went for a snore. Snore is not correct. It is in fact a 3-2 defeat. Uh, Ashley Ward and Dean Sturridge scoring the goals for Derby. And in fact, Ashley Ward scored the following season on the last day as well. So nice little uh, repeat of history there. So 1-0 to Chris. Uh, Again, West Bromwich Albion uh, on the 5th of May 2019. Cutch was it a win, lose or snore? Pretty sure it was either a win or a snore. And again, I went with snore. Uh, that was a win. It was indeed. Friend of the pod, Martin Waghorn scored a brilliant header on the last day of the season uh, yesterday. And he scored a brilliant header in a crucial game against West Brom to seal the playoffs. It was two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, got the worst, I, I was watching it. I've got the worst memory. You know I've got the worst memory. Mason Bennett scored the goal and couldn't get his shirt over his his head. Do you yeah, remember? And I knew the... I knew the goal
3: scorers, I, that, that season, there were so many games where we had to keep winning, wasn't there, in, that, in the last few games
0: of the season, and I just it all blurs into one. Well, it's pretty disappointing from you, Kutch, I'm not going to lie, but it's 2-0 it's <laughs> to Chris and a real chance to steal it with the third one here, and I am may as well not even bother asking, Kutch. Uh, Derby marched into the playoffs in 2019, but also back in 2007, uh, and they played Leeds on the final day in 2007. Chris, was it a win, a lose, or a snore that day?
2: Um, It was a win. I was there. It was 2-0. And I believe it featured a goal from the lesser spotted low knee, Darren Curry, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah, I said win. I said win as well. Good. You're not completely embarrassing yourself, cutch It's
0: uh, (laughs) 3-1. And it was 2-0 that day with uh, goals from Derby great Darren Curry and window escapee Tyro Mears. (laughs) Window escapee. And on to number four, but well, this is surely the opportunity here for Chris uh, to seal this one. Uh, as I say, Derby played at home to Peterborough on April the 28th. Uh, Kutch, what have you put for this one?
3: Uh, well, I might have even been working at a club. I oh, no, I don't think I was. Um, I put lose. I wasn't sure,
2: really. I couldn't really, couldn't really remember, but... Um... On the basis, we were probably on the beach by then. Uh, I said snore.
0: Well, Chris, your guess of a, a snore is right as we uh, drew one all Weed. that day and completed an underwhelming season. And also you seal the seal the victory of win, lose and snore this week with a 4-1 scoreline. But we'll we'll go with the last one uh, as well. So Derby went to Rotherham on May the 7th, 2017 uh, and we finished ninth that season. Kutch, what did you put for this last one? Put lose. I think that was a snore as well. One all, one all Tomit's penalty, was it? Absolutely, Chris. It looks like you've been doing the research for me. Uh, one all draw thanks to a late Tom Ince penalty. I uh, saw the Rams finish in ninth position. So, Chris, a thumping 5-1 victory. It's almost Coventry versus Millwall uh, territory there. Um, cut disappointing
2: from you? Yeah, just wanted to make sure that Kutch, you know, Kutch had a couple of couple of cheeky wins recently. Just making sure that the hierarchy is is is, is restored but back in his place. It's just the last day of the season. Apart from days like
3: yesterday, often there's just nothing riding on it at all, isn't it? So it's just irrelevant. It's just you go there, you get fancy dressed up, you get pissed up. I mean, we went, we went to Blackburn away, Tom, on that day, last day of the
0: Premier League season, and yeah. I don't think I can tell you what actually happened in the game. So uh, we we took the lead, didn't we? And then uh, then we conceded, and it was all downhill from there. And we were doing the conga for the next 45 minutes good day
2: i do remember i do remember well tom cheers for that mate that was an excellent round of win lose or lose or snore. in terms of our plans so we are going to return for one last pod in uh in curtis davis-esque scenes one more appearance from us this season next weekend that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks but don't forget if you enjoyed the pod, you can subscribe to steve bloomer's washing you find us on apple podcasts soundcloud Spotify. Or wherever we get your pods, we do really appreciate you listening this season. God, it's been awful, hasn't it? And those of you who've listened throughout the entire campaign to every episode, and we know there is a, a decent number that we can't do it without you. It's pointless us doing it without you. So we we are genuinely. Grateful for that. But Kutch, before we wrap up for the from the season review, any final thoughts from you? Uh no,
3: just just relieved we're still a championship club. I'm hoping that we'll have some more news on ownership and the future of the club to reflect on next weekend. That might be wishful thinking, but we can only hope. I'm sure it's gonna be a roller coaster for the next few weeks. But other than that, uh look forward to uh, getting stuck into it next weekend.
2: Tom, you got what you wanted. Now we can just focus on watching Phil Foden win us the Euros and watch the cricket and then go back to go back to moaning about Derby in three months time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait. Got a couple of a uh, test match tickets over the summer and, um, obviously the euros tickets as well hopefully i've got england croatia depending on the uh, the ballot that comes out depending on how many people can be in there and obviously the date in my diary is thursday the 24th of june which is fixture release date and then we can obviously plan when we're going to see amazing fixtures uh, away at qpr maybe away at peterborough and perhaps even a carbo cup round one special uh, which i always like to enjoy during the uh, summer holidays cheers boys